the Whatcom Dads podcast. This week, Nathan, Mark, and Chris are once again joined by local elementary school principal, Nick Hayes. Thanks for listening. We're glad you're here. Well, Mark and Chris, we indicated on our last podcast we would try and do about one of these per month. Today is February the 28th. We have squeaked in an episode for February. We're holding true. But it's been like six or seven weeks, hasn't it? No, the <laughs> listeners don't know that. Oh. I just kind of opened the curtain there and let them in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. Well, I'm glad we made it back. And we have a guest today. Mr. Nick Hayes. Second time appearing on the podcast. This worked out well because Nick's going to be our interview, but we thought we'd bring him in for the... Uh, the whole episode like we did last time. So, Nick, welcome. Hey, thanks, guys. It's good to be in the inner circle. <laughs> it's it's a very loose circle. <laughs> it might be more of like an oval, or what's the infinity sign where you take the oval and twist yeah. it? It's, mm-hmm. it's not quite a circle. I think it's been long enough that if we have new listeners, we should probably remind them what the ages are of our kids uh, so they have a little more perspective on where we're coming from. So my children are now aged four, six, and eight. Nice. And that's different than last time. That's different. The four-year-old did have a birthday. Yes. She also had her annual physical today and apparently told the doctor when asked what the rest of the day was going to encompass, she said, we're going to go get some lunch. And then I'm going to Snooze Town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is she going to sleep all day? That's like she was going to take a nap. So wow. Snooze, snooze Town is where she lives from 12.30 to 1 or 2. Oh, I do too. Every day. That kind of gives a new meaning to the word physical. I mean, like, was she, did they like run her and stuff and she was exhausted? <laughs> her annual checkup. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. So is she like 50th percentile height and weight? Where, where does she fit in all that? You know, I didn't look at the stats because I didn't attend, but unlike her siblings, she's more 80, 90th percentile. Yeah. Uh, when we measured her for her birthday at age four, she was at the same spot that her brother and sister were at age five. So if that's <laughs> wow. any indication, wow. she's, uh, wow. she's going to be the tallest at, on this trajectory. So you and Amanda kind of got the whole feeding thing down for the third kid. She's getting properly nourished. Mm-hmm. She's growing <laughs> like she should. She's just trying to catch up with the others. I hear you. So uh, I have a 25-year-old daughter and a 22-year-old son. So I'm in a little bit uh, different stage of life. You didn't go to them with their physical today? No, I I, uh, I, I, I asked my daughter if I could go with her. And she said, no, that wouldn't be appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Lexi's at that age now where... Uh... You know, the doctor is like, okay, you can now step out, Dad. Uh-huh. You know, so uh, Nick, you may not have listened to our last podcast, but Mark's son is soon to be a sod puppy poodle. Sod poodle about to be a sod poodle. We didn't talk about that on the last podcast. No, we didn't. We didn't, we didn't know. Oh, so Mark, <laughs> one of the <laughs> apparently Chris didn't listen to our last podcast oh. either. <laughs> I, I did. It's not a hosting then, requirement. <laughs> you only have to be there. So, Nick, one of the cool things about Ben Bagley is that he is about to become a sod poodle. What is yes. that? Yeah, yeah. He just got a job with a double-A baseball team in Amarillo, Texas. The Amarillo sod poodles, they are the double-A team of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Awesome. And he's going down there, moving down there in a couple of weeks to be their um, director of communications. Fantastic. Doing all the media relations and writing and 
all this kind of stuff. So he's off and doing his first real job. So for the first time in your household, both your children will be out of state at the same time. Both kids will be gone. Yeah. Kind of weird. Apparently, the big tourist attraction in Amarillo is the restaurant that has the 72-ounce steak. And if you eat it, you get it for free. How many ounces do you think you could eat? Eight. (laughs) They also have a partnership with a local heart surgeon. Yeah. (laughs) You get half off your heart surgery. That is so much steak. Yeah, it's a lot of steak. That would kill me. So, Nick, what do you think a sod poodle is? Uh, well, it was it was uh, confusing because um, it sounds like a human being, but also a dog. And so, I was thinking maybe maybe like someone who harvests hair off the back of a dog or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. That is a great new mascot. We got to think of that. It's actually uh, what they call prairie dogs. In that part of the country. Got it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like a shorter nickname, right? You know, it's easier to say. Yeah. Than Prairie Dog. Than Prairie Dog. Sod Poodle. Way shorter and easier. Yeah. My two kids, uh, my daughter just had a birthday just a few days ago. Same birthday <laughs> oh, as yeah, my daughter. I, you know what? I should have wished your daughter a happy birthday. Eh, there's always next year. <laughs> okay. I will. Alyssa turned 13, so I no longer have little ones. I have two teenagers, mm-hmm. and Lexi is 15. And on our daughter's birthdays, Lexi got her braces off. Whoa. She went in to go have a broken bracket fixed, and she looked at the orthodontist and said, you know, I know I'm supposed to get them off in April, but, you know, I'm going to be getting my license, and I don't want to have braces on my photo on my license. So she put on the full-on, like, hard sell. Poodle eyes. Yeah, and it worked. That's literally how you get your braces off. You just tell the orthodontist you're done. I want them off. Yeah. I'm going to guess they still charge you through April. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, sure. absolutely. I'm sure. There's probably an additional yeah. early removal fee, <laughs> like when you pay off some of those like, loans. We would early. love to take There's them off today. <laughs> early removal penalty, but good for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She doesn't look 15 anymore. No. Wow. Oh. It's great. Right. And um, Nick, uh, daughter, Addie, who is 10. And a son, Keaton, who's 13. Gosh. Neither of which are working for minor league baseball. No minor league had baseball physical yet. Or had their braces off. No, we, yeah, we're deep in dentistry, though, with Keaton. <laughs> this year, he, well, so he's uh, killed both of his front teeth. Um, this year, he got to have both of them, um, what are they, they have a fancy name for when they pull your teeth out. Extracted? Yeah. No, it's fancier <laughs> than that. Uh, it's a dentistry term, so I don't know it. <laughs> but he had root canals on the teeth, and then they had to drill out the root canals. So now on his braces, all he has is just the two teeth hanging there. Wow. And they wow. cut off like the root part. Oh my he's gosh. got problems. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast, if you've listened, is pretty big on the holidays. We seem to do a lot with that. And so we've subsequently missed a holiday since we took six or seven weeks to record again. Mark, did you and your lovely wife of decades celebrate Valentine's Day this year? Uh, we don't really do Valentine's. I know it surprises you that I <laughs> you are a romantic. That I, I wouldn't you're... celebrate a holiday like that. We have a nice dinner, had a bottle of wine, just typical stuff. 
Do you have a recollection from your past of a Valentine's Day gone wrong? You know, I was thinking about this, and I've, uh, I think I was scarred as a young child with Valentine's Day, because I remember writing the little Valentine's mm-hmm. cards in grade school, and it was kind of a big deal. And I remember that, um, and this is totally unintentional by my parents, but they would always say, ooh, you giving those to the girls? And it made me very embarrassed. Hmm. And I think I think that just kind of did a little bit of, uh, I mean, damage is kind of a strong word. <laughs> no, it's damage. <laughs> it, but, you know, I, so I just, I don't know. It just, uh, it's never kind of been something that I've enjoyed, I think, from when I was I mean, six, seven, eight years old. So note to parents out there, don't force the whole, ooh, do you have a crush on Johnny? Or, yeah. oh, they're going to give you cooties. That stuff can be damaging. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, it, uh, it stuck with me, f- well, obviously for a long, long time. Yeah. But it, it kind of affected me, you know, throughout high school and college. So you just married the first girl that you went on a date with and it's worked out? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if I remember, there's something about a, uh, a dance in college where you guys uh, yeah, met. That's what it was. College homecoming? Uh, Spring Yeah, fling? it was homecoming. Yeah, it was homecoming. No, we'll but say yeah, that. I, yeah, because I, I, didn't, I didn't date in high school at all. None. Zero. Yeah. yeah. So. Hmm. We'll save the how you met your wife story for a different episode. We'll, <laughs> let, her, we'll let her tell that story. <laughs> Chris, do you have a uh, cringeworthy Valentine's moment from your... Past. Well, you know, it's not really cringeworthy. I, you know, I, Valentine's Day, I've never been a fan of anyway, because you're either taken and then obligated to do something on the holiday, or you're single and you're miserable that you have this holiday that celebrates something that you can't celebrate. So, but in college, before I met Amy, there was a girl that I liked, I used to see out at the bars, and she was in a class. And <clears throat> I was a little, um, I didn't like, I had my struggles with girls at this point and I liked this girl and I thought, you know what, I'm going to take her on a Valentine. I'm going to ask her out. We're going to go on a Valentine's day date and I'm going to take her bowling. And my whole reasoning for bowling was, so I didn't know her very well. And I thought, you know what? Okay, here's the deal. Anybody has to be able to like bowling and for somebody to date me, they have to be okay bowling with bowling like it's not anything super fancy it's not anything i mean you just have to be okay with doing it and she was too cool for it she didn't want to do it she wanted to go clubbing instead and i was just and it's the guys she hung out with were just too cool to bowl she's too cool to bowl so we didn't go out is that what she said to you i'm too cool to go bowling. no she really wanted to go like to the royal or something i can't remember like i mean it was just like really no and so we ended up not going out on a date hmm. and i ended up playing madden football that night with my buddy Tony. And, and thank God for that. It worked out. Yeah. It worked out in the end. It worked out in the, the end anyway, yep. yeah. Otherwise, you'd be married to no fun Sally. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, bowling. No bowling Sally. Yeah, yeah. no bowling Sally. No. She probably didn't like the shoes. Yeah, that's it. The shoes the, is a the, real the impediment to the uh, bowling experience. But we really don't celebrate Valentine's Day because Amy's and my first date was on February 2nd. So that is the date that we actually pick because that way you're not having to fight for reservations at restaurants and things like that. So so Groundhog's Day. Groundhog's Day. We celebrate our, our love on Groundhog's Day. That's nice. Nick, help <laughs> us out. Do you have a positive affiliate? 
Do you have a positive affinity for Valentine's Day? I believe you and your wife have been together for a we've been together a long for a time. while. Yeah, no, we are high school sweethearts. Um, and uh, Angela leads celebrations in our house, and she does a great job with Valentine's Day for our kids. <laughs> she gets them cool gifts that are often related to love. Um, she bought Addie the new Rebel Girls book. Nice. Which she was super excited about. Got Keith the new novel. We set up a scavenger hunt for them. We made uh, fresh rolls together as a family. So we just kind of, I mean, not dissimilar to what you described, other than a few gifts. We just make dinner together as a family, hang out, have a good time. I have started hand-drawing Angela cards using Art for Kids Hub. Nice. Are you guys all familiar with Art for Kids Hub? No. Your kids Uh, are probably a little too old. It's a YouTube... (laughs) It's a YouTube channel where they lead you through an art project. Interesting. Yeah. Art, so, art for Kids Hub. Art for Kids Hub. Or Art Hub for Kids. Is one of those the, two. the guy and his son? Well, he's got so he's got three kids of his own. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I drew her a bottle of love potion. Oh, very nice. Listeners, we will put a link to that website in yeah. our show notes. Thank you for that. Yeah. So Because I was also like, I'm not spending $9 on a card. And it just means a lot more if you've hand-drawn the card. But when you asked that question about, um, I was thinking more about awkward Valentines because in middle school, I kind of thought I was pretty good with the ladies. <laughs> and? I don't think so. Um, hindsight is twenty. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Usually, I usually had a girlfriend for somewhere between like... Three days in a week? Yeah, like more like four four to six weeks and I remember one year being in the mall with my mom and really wanting to get something special for uh, the girl that I was dating at the time and so I got her this uh, crystal nice oh nice super sweet still hanging from her rear view mirror right now yeah I don't think she actually talked to me again after that (laughs) I think it kind of freaked her out (laughs) because she had like a Adverse reaction to hummingbirds, or uh, just yeah, she was you more general general person. Yeah, she the crystal turtle. She, yeah, she was like, I thought we were just okay. Uh, does was, she like? Does she like bowling? Um, her name was Janelle, so probably. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with yeah. She liked bowling. What about yeah. you, Nathan? In college, I think sophomore year of college, I had started dating a girl, maybe. Let's just say three weeks before Valentine's Day. Bad timing. Bad timing. I had a reservation somewhere fancy in Bellingham area. I'd gotten a gift, and I got dumped Valentine's Day morning. Oh. So not only did you have, like, the gift that you didn't give, which I'm sure was awesome, and you had (laughs) Hopefully not biodegradable. Hopefully not. It was not flowers. Perfect. It was some sort of... Teddy bear ish. A mixed tape. So, <laughs> so I had, I had an extra gift not to give. I had no girlfriend anymore, and I had a dinner reservation I couldn't use, and nowhere to go Valentine's night. Yep. So I think I did end up tagging along with like another group of six or eight people mm-hmm. who took pity on me, but that was a tough one. Yeah. yeah, that morning. Wow. To swallow. It's kind of brutal. Yeah. What did you not, say? I'm not sure. It was probably something like, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> but which 
always it's, means it is you. Yeah, 100% it's, it's not it you, you, it's Steve, who I'm going down <laughs> yeah. to celebrate Valentine's Day with. Your life can change in an instant. Car accidents impact all aspects of your life and lead to pain and suffering, medical bills, and time missed from work. Robinson & Cole, attorneys in Bellingham, can help. They have represented thousands of clients since 1979. They also handle other types of injury claims, including workers' compensation. Consultations are always free and are available in Spanish. Robinson & Cole, when you need us, we will be here. All right, so we brought Nick in. It's time to get a little more serious and talk to our resident elementary school principal. I know last time we covered a variety of topics, but this time we thought it might be just an opportunity to maybe shoot some questions at you for sort of short answers that parents might be dealing with. But just for the listeners who didn't catch you on the last episode, give us a little bit of background on uh, where you're working these days and what your teaching background was before you, you ended up where you're at now. Uh, yeah, so I'm at Happy Valley Elementary. This is my fourth year there. I started my teaching career in the Burlington Edison School District. I was a high school math teacher for six years, coached tennis that entire time, and then I was a district math TOSA, which is teacher on special assignment, um, specializing in math for the Burlington Edison School District, and I was a principal for three years at Lucille Lombarger Elementary, which is, was a first through eighth grade school. Well, as we mentioned before, you are not representing the views of the Bellingham School District. This is just uh, one dad's opinion, and uh, hopefully some listeners can take away some some information that they can use with their little ones. So I'm going to kick it off a little dark, Mr. Hayes. All right. Um, School shootings. Yep. As a parent of two elementary school kids, Mm -hmm. what do I need to know as far as what they're being exposed to as far as drills and lockdowns Mm -hmm. and things like that? How can I be talking to them at home about these things so that when they're exposed to this at school, they don't come home and say, Dad, I heard about this at school. What, what, Mm -hmm. What do you know? So Washington state law requires that we run a drill once per month. And there are a couple of different kinds of drills we have to do. We have to do evacuations, um, which would be for fire, bomb threat, things of that nature. We have to do um, lockdowns, which would be somebody's in the building creating a threat. We have to do lock-ins where the threat is outside of the building. And so we're holding kids inside. We have to do an earthquake drill in the Pacific Northwest. That's probably the most important one. And the final thing, and this is more of an administrative thing, we do these drills called building mapping drills, where it would be like there's a gas leak. And so then myself and our custodian need to know where we could manually shut off gas, where we can manually shut off power, water, things like that. So what your students are going to experience if they're in the school where I'm at is conversations about the steps that we might take if there is an active shooter in the building, if there's a threat inside the building. They'll also hear things about the steps we might take if there is a threat outside of the building. We had this happen earlier this year at Happy Valley. There was an armed robbery at the convenience store nearby. And so Bellingham PD called the school, said we need you to just keep the kids inside. It turned out that we had kids out at recess, and so we have to bring them all in. And so then our conversation afterwards is, yeah, there was a threat outside the building, and you know we needed to bring you in for safety. In terms of 
the what we talk about, there's a little bit of a shift in um, some of the older grades. They're starting to talk about run, hide, fight. Whereas in the younger grades, we're still very much like lock the classroom door, put the blinds down, go in the corner. Um, you know, sticking in the darkness, we can all see why that might not be the best strategy. And so there's, yeah. So my sons who's in kindergarten, would they be typically saying things to him like this is a shooter drill or are we coaching it in terms that he's not going to really know what he's drilling for but it's just going to get into the routine of that if it were ever to happen yeah so we're not going to we're not going to talk about it as a shooter drill what we're going to talk about it as is there's somebody unsafe right so we're just talking about safety we need everybody to be in a classroom because there's somebody unsafe who's here and so we need to know where you're at and keep you there and so as a parent what can I do to sort of encourage or just sort of talk to them about this uh, from time to time to help make them be best prepared for this? From a preparation standpoint, I think it's just, you know, making sure that they build trust in adults, that they understand that you have a trusting relationship with the school. We talk about how if something were to happen where, you know, firefighters were to show up and all of their bunker gear, that'd be really scary for kids, right? So talking to them about the types of things they might experience in an emergency situation, I think, The other really important thing to talk to kids about is while there's a lot of coverage around things like school shootings, they're still incredibly rare. That there are um, other things that will happen. Global pandemics is a for example that are far more likely to occur in their lifetime than something like a school shooting. So while we want to be cognizant, we want to, you know, continue to practice and think about what we can do. I think it's also important to help our kids sort of ground in the reality of the fact that that's not a very likely outcome. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Sorry to start with sort of the darkest thing, it's but all good. it's been on my mind as to how to talk to the kids about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to go the other direction then and lighten it up a little bit. So I know, uh, being married to Amy, who is a third grade teacher, that there are times in the classroom where a kid will do something and she'll look around the room and wish that there was another adult Mm -hmm. who could see or witness what just happened because only another adult would fully appreciate how hilarious it is what the kid did. Can you think of a situation like that of obviously maintaining an anonymity for, for kids? Can you think of a scenario being a principal where something recently happened where you just, you just thought, I wish there was another adult who could just, I could I could talk about this with because that was a really funny thing because kids are great kids are super funny and uh, kids are super funny so just today <laughs> I was working with a student and you know we work with students on a variety of things toileting being one of them um, and so we have a student who's still in pull ups and um, he you know wanted a specific kind and I get his I change his pull ups if he's at school and so I get his pull up out and. Um, the one that I bring has a bear on it. And when we go to change, we get the pull-up off. We go to change into the new one. And I show him the bear and he says, no, Mickey. <laughs> well, but we have a bear. So we're going to we're gonna go with the bear. And it, it didn't go great after that. You know, we got the bear on. We got the clothes on. But lots, you know, pretty upset. Um, Mom finally comes to pick the kid up. It was the end of the day. So it wasn't like he had to go home. And I run down to get the backpack. We find a Mickey one. We're like, great, I got Mickey. And he looks at me and he says, drum. And the mom's like, uh, the drum ones are at home. And the kid folds his hands and looks his mom directly in the eye and says, I'll wait. 
No way. <laughs> and I mean, as a parent, you know that on the on her side, her lids flipped. Like she is losing her cool and doing the best she can to not. And I'm on the other side of that, trying not to laugh hysterically. And she is like, "We need to go. You need to put this one on. I'll, I'll wait." wait. <laughs> So just the thing, yeah, the things that you experience in the day where I bet that y'all didn't think I was going to talk about changing a pull-up, right? Like those are no. the things that you get to experience during the day that it's just, you know. Yeah, one of my questions was, tell us uh, the least glamorous thing you get to do. And I think we just covered that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I'll, uh, well, there might be more. <laughs> or, yeah. uh, you know, I think that one of the things that I try to do is I try to help in every position that exists in our school. So from kitchen staff to custodial staff to teacher staff, paraeducator staff. And I think nobody, like when we went to school, we didn't understand how much happens in the bathroom that is really, really disgusting and bad. And I could say to our custodian, you deal with 100% of this, but there's sometimes I'm like, man, yeah, a kid white poop on the wall again you know what, I got it this time. Like, I'll handle this one because he's had to do it like five days in a row or something like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Oh. You just have to like... Pitch in and... Go in and take care of it. Support your staff. You know, and it makes a big difference for him because he's like, all right, you guys, you know, somebody's got my back. But I think that's probably one of the least glamorous things is cleaning cleaning poop up in bathrooms. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. No, nope, it's not that great. would be good. No, I would not think that that's very glamorous. No. All right, here's another topic going around our house. Uh, elementary school kids, friends, not getting along, um, socially kind of having trouble navigating that whole thing. When do I get the teacher or the counselor involved in that? I like to think they're going to sort this out on their own, but when your kid starts to bring that sort of issue home, I want to walk the line of like not involving the school if I don't need to, but if I think it's hampering his or her academic experience, walk me through, you know, how to navigate that situation. So a couple of things that I think are important are one, I mean, you know, your kid better than anybody else. And so you're going to be able to judge when that impact is going beyond what feels comfortable for you. And, you know, parents will often come and be like, "Ah, I feel really bad bringing this up. Never feel bad. You're advocating for your kid, which is 100% your number one job. The other part of that is earlier on than later, I would just reach out to the teacher and be like, hey, are you aware of this situation? Like, do you know what's going on between these kids? And if the teacher is like, yeah, I know what's going on. Cool. All right. Because oftentimes what we'll find, I mean, this, again, just today, I was meeting with a parent and something had been going on for this kid all year long. As you mentioned at the beginning, it's February 28th. And so now we're trying to play catch up on the situation that's been going on and going on and going on. Um, You know, it just becomes harder and harder where, yeah, the kid is really impacted now. You know, patterns have been developed in these friendships and relationships. And so I would say, you know, really the earlier, the better to reach out to the teacher and just ask, you know, is this something that you're aware of? Do you know what's happening? And especially if your gut tells you, this isn't going great for my kid. So uh, obviously with the pandemic, 
uh, and so many other things. We feel like there's not a lot of good that's happening mm. right now. And uh, I think that there's a lot of reasons to be hopeful. And mm. so as a principal, you see every day things that are happening in the school. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the things that are really good that are happening? So when we, it was funny, you know, coming back to doing this podcast, you know, I was thinking about my answers in August and the hope that I felt at that period of time. And then what we were faced with when school started, which was um, pretty challenging and seeing the, the growth that kids are making socially, seeing the growth that they're making academically and really bouncing back in pretty productive ways has been really hopeful. And then just getting back into things like doing our school musical, you know, being able to do the gymnastics unit and see how excited kids get for um, being engaged in their school that way, seeing kids get out and do sports again. I think it's, it's not the big things, honestly, it's all those little things that add up to the life that we're used to our kids being able to live and has been absent for two years. Yeah. Well, and we just heard today, March 12th, be the day that uh, kids, if they so choose, will be able to be without a mask. That's right. At school. And my seventh grader jumped for joy knowing that she gets to be without a mask at school. I uh-huh. think it'll be super fun for, for, for a lot of the kids to be able to see a mo- like literally i know for amy for for kids to be able to see her smile mm. you know for them to be able to let the kids know that when she's giving them the look that they know what her mouth looks like when she's giving them the look that it's you know time for them to behave or whatever it might yeah. be so well, i think what's interesting like that's another place where the masks are one layer that we've been dealing with but we've still had distancing regulations in effect we still have cohorting regulations in effect which really dictate a lot of how you organize the school. And so being able to go back to things like buddy classes getting together, right? which I think is super cool and fun for kids and a great way for our older kids to feel leadership. Um, being able to invite volunteers back into the school, which is a great way that adults love to give back and, and participate. Yeah, it's exciting. You guys have a rapid fire one we could hit Nick with real quick? I'll go first. Okay. In... One minute or less, explain to me why elementary school kids do not get letter grades. So the tradition of letter grades is something that feels really um, antiquated and was all about winning. And really, elementary school is all about learning, not necessarily being the best, but figuring out who you are as a learner, how you learn best, and what things you're good at and where you need to work. Do you still teach cursive, and why or why not? Yes, we do have classes that teach cursive, and there is a body of research that connects the fine motor work that happens when doing cursive to brain development. Especially, we teach it typically in the second to third grade range. Excellent. Good. Mm -hmm. Well, Nick, this has been really great. Thank you for enlightening us and the listeners about the goings-on in K-5 through in a Bellingham school. Really appreciate joining us and glad you could stick around for the rest of the podcast and and, uh, help us out with that. Pleasure to be here. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah. All right, before we get out of here, we have to play a game. I like games. And we've done this podcast long enough that we have gone through two Olympic games. We're just wow. coming off the wow. Winter Olympics. Now, it was a weird thing because of COVID. 
but nonetheless, we are going to play real or fake Winter Olympic event. (laughs) You are going to get one point for a correct answer, and if it is a real event, if you can tell me the country that won the gold medal, you get an additional point. So we've got seven events, real or fake Winter Olympic event. We'll go around in order here. Any questions? No. Event one, mixed gender, parallel, downhill, skiing. Real. Real. Fake. It is real. (laughs) Mixed gender, parallel, downhill, skiing. This is when two competitors race side by side down uh, parallel skiing, and then there's a, a male and a female, and they add their scores together. Who won, for those of you that got it right, who won the exclusionary <laughs> practices? I see. No, I'll include you. That's a good point. What country won the gold medal? Austria. Finland. Norway. Austria, it is. Wow. I never win these games. No, you watched your Olympics. I did. Not. <laughs> this is your favorite event. Next event men's one person bobsled. Oh, that is yes. A one-person bobsled? Yeah. Real. Fake. Dang it! It's not called a bobsled, is it? They did women's one-person bobsled. They did women's Why did they do women's one-person, but not men's? They did not do men's one-person bobsled. Because I watched the women's one-person bobsled. The Canadian who's now American. Yeah. So I think, I'm pretty sure that men used to do two and four-person, and women just used to have two. And so they added a second event for women, but they didn't have a four women, so they added a single woman. So uh, that is not a real sport. Who won the gold, though? Oh, it wasn't real. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he's the only one not drinking gin tonight. Next event, the ski athlon. Fake. Real. It is real. The skiathlon is cross-country skiing where you ski half of the event in the traditional sort of Nordic track, (laughs) Nordic track straight, and then you ski half of it in what they call freestyle, which is more of you skating, kind of skate skiing out to the side. So they actually switch skis halfway through this race, the skiathlon. Do you know why you've never, you didn't get that right? Uh, No, why? Because you would never watch that ever, right? I don't watch the Olympics. I didn't watch the Winter Olympics either. Really? Or the summer. You know that. Yeah. yeah Unpatriotic. Didn't do it. All right. Men's and women's. Who won skiathlon? Do I get to play even though you I didn't get to it play? Wrong? Yeah. We've it was Finland. This. Well, for men and women? Yes. Finland. There, there's two different events. Finland and um, uh, Sweden. U.S. women. Uh, Finland men. Russian men, Norwegian women. Score now. Mark two, Chris two, Nick zero. Yeah. Oh, yeah. tied. Wow. Next event. Mixed gender, two-person curling. Mixed gender, two-person curling. I'm going to say fake. Real. Real. It is real. Three points. Gold medals. Canada. Was it U.S. or Canada? Canada. Canada. Italy. 
Oh, what? That's out of right. nowhere. Yeah, I only said that because Canada won it in the last Winter Olympics, and I remember because I actually watched some of that match. Mixed gender, two person curling. I can't wait to go Is real. Next. Snowboard cross downhill relay. A relay? Relay. Wow, I'm going to say no. Not a relay, no way. Fake. It is fake. <laughs> Too dangerous. I w- is <laughs> there's a luge cross? relay. What? what? There's actually a luge relay. No, there's not. There is. Hey, don't get cut by my blades. <laughs> it's a luge relay. Is wow. the snowboard cross where they all race down at the same yeah. time? I, was, I, was, I could not find that. Oh, That's my fun. favorite event to watch. to watch. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you at home who did not see Nick flailing with his arms in the air. Rolling the windows yeah. down. Yeah. So my next one was ski cross. Right. True, false. Sure. Yes. <laughs> A ski cross? Ski cross. Yeah. True. Real. Yes. Ski cross is real. So this is the one where four at a time, mm-hmm. bomb down the hill, First one down is the winner. It's sort of like a little bit like short track NASCAR. Yeah. Because they're bumping and yep. getting in front of each other. I couldn't find any of that. I, I wanted, that's my favorite stuff to watch. It'll be on Peacock streaming for a while, so. Okay, I'll have to find it. And uh, who won the gold in men's and women's in ski cross? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the U.S. and Switzerland. U.S. men. men. Oh. Norway and U.S. Uh, U.S. women, Germany men. Swiss men, Swedish women. Final one. Good old Swedish women. I already told you there's a luge relay. Is there a skeleton relay? (laughs) God, I hope not. (laughs) Is that a no? (laughs) You run out of your skeleton? Yeah, that's a no. I'll say yes, because Mark said no. No. There's no skeleton in LA. <laughs> With that one, Mark Bagley, four points. Chris Roselli, three points. Oh. Nick Hayes, two points. <sighs> Gold, silver, and bronze. Thank you very much for playing Excellent. Winter Olympics Real or Fake <laughs> Event. Nick Hayes. You can reach the show through their Facebook page or at welcomedadspodcast at gmail.com. See you next month. I just found out I am colorblind. The news totally came out of the purple. Why am I such a big fan of whiteboards? Why? Why? They are quite remarkable. (laughs) Very good. So I probably shouldn't say this on the air because we have so many listeners. But I'm getting older and it's hard to remember things. So I've changed all my passwords to Kenny. Now all I have are Kenny Loggins. Are bar jokes okay? Can you tell jokes about bars? Yes. Um, so a horse walks into a bar. The bartender looks at him and says, why the long face? 
I think my dad told me that joke about 35 right. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's been around. It is a dad joke. <laughs>